This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Just, uh, we've been having this kvias to do a little bit about Yontiv and Yanim before Yontiv. Uh, Hanukkah is an important day. It's not a Doraisvik Yontiv. And I like doing things inside a little bit, things that I can do from a text. The, um, the text that we're going to be doing is Pachad Yitzchak, which is Rev Hutner's uh, classic work. I want to, um, I guess, a little bit speak a little bit about Pachad Yitzchak. Um, Pachad Yitzchak really was a groundbreaking uh, set of svarim put out for Rav Hutner. He, Rav Hutner was a Rosh Hashiva who grew up in traditional Litvish yeshivas. He learned Slavotka and was a favorite the Alta Slavotka. He broke new ground in the world of Machshava. Um, very original, yet um, once it's in place, you, you see the echoes of a lot of the uh, morale and early exodus for him. He, uh, he used to speak, he had Yeshiva Chaim Berlin, he used to speak every, before Yontiv, during Yontiv, and they put out, he put out Pach Yisrach actually while he was alive, and it's really, really remarkable uh, for him. Naturally, they come with a price that you have to be able to learn it. That doesn't very very hard to have easy gains, and it does. It's not. They're beautifully. The thoughts are organized. They're written beautifully, but it's a difficult matter. It's not an easy one. And but I think there's a lot to be gained, and we'll try to learn through a piece on Hanukkah that I think is extraordinary. I will skip a little bit. I'm going to try to. Um, make it a little more user-friendly by skipping certain things, by sort of explaining, pre-explaining. I, I'm going to be doing a little bit, uh, so, sort of working around it, simply that we have a better handle on it. Let me first introduce the point he's going to speak about, and that's why we're, and, and then we'll get a sense to see it inside. Of, of the words associated with Hanukkah, one word that comes easily to mind is Haidah. It's, it's, um, they were Kaveya the day with Halal Haidah, which means on Hanukkah is a Chiyah for Halal, and Haidah, which is to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the word Haidah generically refers to all sorts of Sishbachos, thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The word Hod, as in Haidah, has another meaning, and that is beauty. Which is translated in English, depending on who the translator is, depending on, on what he needs, it's some sort of beauty and awe and things of that nature. That's sort of what Hod is. It's a, it's a very strange translation. It's a very strange word, because beauty to us sort of projects something approachable, something attractive. Beauty, I guess, is sort of an expression of something being attractive. It's, it's the bridge 
between something that you desire is beauty. To have the word hold affiliated with um, awe and fright, like it is used in Chumash, that the carne hold of Moshe Rabbeinu, the radiant hold, was something that sort of kept people, people were frightened off by it. So how does that become a word of beauty is going to be a point that he's going to um, talk about. So one point we're going to dis- look at, the point is going to understand what hod is and its relationship to hodah. What makes the word especially interesting on Hanukkah is that Greek is noted for yofi. In other words, um, Greece in the context of Yavon is a representative of one of the three children of Noah, Shem, Cham, and Yafis. Shem is Avram. It represents the spiritual descendants of Noah, the ones that look for morality, for God, etc. Cham represents the very earthy ones, the ones that are into things that are material, physical, etc. And Yefes represents somewhere in the middle, which is beauty. Beauty is a step above something that's crass, material, vulgar. It's not quite something spiritually we understand, where it's good or bad. But um, Yofi is a quality that's a step above animal and a step beneath divine. Somewhere in the middle. So Yavan represented both in its good and its bad the quality of Yefes. And as such, it's a metaphor for the entire culture, civilization, everything positive that's come up from Umas Olam. And yet it was at loggerheads with Klai Yisrael who felt there's something more. The human body is only a vehicle for something deeper and greater and so on and so forth. So our hold, which is a peculiar type of beauty, is going to stand vis-a-vis that yafas, yafa of that. Those are, those are points to, to sort of bear in mind as we start. Um, the first thing we'll do is skip the first paragraph. Good start. Bayes. Um, he's now, and again, I, I'm going to do a little more introductory because it's not easy to just plunge into it, so I'm going to sort of introduce first the point, then we'll see it inside. The word hod comes together with another word in Lashon Kodesh. Hod the Hadar. Hadar also means something in its sort of dignity, uh, nobility, a sort of a beauty. Um, in modern Ivrit, Hadar refers to kind of a noble elegance type of thing. Um, so Hod and Hadar tend to come as a pair and he's going to point out something about this base. When we look at the Nevi'im, at Nevu'ah, when it speaks about Hanukkah. Now, there was no Nevu'ah at the time of Hanukkah, but Sefer Daniel predicts Bavel, uh, Paras, um, Yavan, and Rome there are, there's something mentioned there about, a, 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 we, we're going to find a, 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 a problem, a discussion of a break apart 
of two elements that were meant to go together. We're going to discover that part of the happenings of Hanukkah, part of the battle of Hanukkah, has to do with a break apart of two elements that were meant to go together. In Tanakh, you find the combination of the two words, Hod Vahadar. For instance, Hod Vahadar Lovashta. It's, um, we say it in Baruch Inafshi, and those who put on Talaisim say it by Talaisim. Hadar Kvod Hodecha, Ukedome. The word Hod Vahadar tend to come together as a paired, as a, as a paired concept. Only once do we find that Hod and Hadar come almost at two different events that were split apart. One. B'Shaz Chazon when Daniel saw the Tsar of Yavon, he said, Hodi meaning, my beauty my, my, it became destroyed. In other words, it's like I saw the Tsar of Yavon and my hold fell apart. I, I was devastated. My hold was devastated. And then afterwards, once I was defeated, who Omer, he says, it says, the Omad al Kanoi, that shall stand back again in its place. Ma Virnoges, the one that, that was able to overcome the oppressor, Hadar Malchus, a royalty of Hadar. So it's, it's as if it's saying, Yavan succeeded in devastating my hold, and the one who returned it. The one who, who brought back Israel brought Hadar to Israel. So it's fascinating, without even understanding the combination and what they're supposed to be together, but Hod Vadar, when they come, they come together. And here, Hod starts off as being what was destroyed, and Hadar is the resurrection of, of uh, the Malchus of Israel. Now, to be just, uh, just adding a side point, it's not clear in the Pasik that Vahodi Nefchalai Lemashchis. He's talking about Sasha Yavan, but the result is a Messos and the result that that's what it's talking about, and that's obviously where he's coming from. Klomo. Shultono shall sar Yavan who mehapech as a hod It is the rule of Yavan that turns hod into destruction. The Oso akoach hamashpel shultosh Yavan. And the same force that succeeds in overcoming Yavan, who akoach hayotas hadar. That brings back Hadar. So we once again have Hod and Hadar as they come separate and when they're joined together. And he repeats this emphasis and uh, in the next two or three lines, we'll go, we'll go to the next uh, page. Gimel. Bichdei. One of the things that Chutna was extremely good at was organizing material and giving it over in a certain way. Like Gimel is just simply says, we're going to discuss the combination of Hoden Hadar, Bimidoso Shakarish Baruchu, 
as it is when we're dealing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's interaction with us. Two, base. Hod v'hada, begufo v'nafshash over Hashem. Hod v'hada, when it comes in the body of an over Hashem, we're going to find an expression of that. Gimel, hod v'adarash al Torah, and dalad hod v'adarash In other words, the combo of hod and hadar, we're going to find in many different manifestations. Being that hod and hadar is sort of a conceptual truth, the, the, the meaning of Hod, the meaning of Adar, and so on, we will find it and sort of discover it in each and every one of different um, aspects of important spiritual entities. Klal Yisrael, Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Knesset Yisrael. Dalit. So here he's going to explain, this is the heart of his explanation really um, about the, the Hod and Hadar relationship. We, we, we usually take hold to be a, another associate meaning of beauty. But they're not exact synonyms. Rather, hold is a particular type of beauty. What is this beauty that is specific to hold? So he says, It is the beauty that is latent in flexibility. Um, and he says, the, Why? The word hold means to admit, to, to, to own up to something, and it means beauty also. So there's going to be some of that beauty that's in, in that owning up. But what is it, he says? Why does that have a special um, word to it? So skim down two or three lines to the quotes. Let me first, um, let's first describe the chazal that he's saying over here. And we'll talk a little bit about it and then we'll see it inside. Chazal say a person should always be as soft and as flexible as a reed rather than as tough as, a, as an Erez, a cedar tree, which was the tough trees in, you know, in, in, in Eretz Yisrael, and so on. And Chazal say, why? Because no matter how many winds come, they succeed, they all immediately bend the reed. But when the wind is gone, the reed snaps back. A cedar tree is tough, it takes a, a big wind to shake it, but once it's shaken, it breaks and it snaps. So Chazal are saying, are pointing out to an extraordinary, it, it's not, they're saying like this. When you look at a picture of the wind blowing, so you see the uh, reeds are vanquished, so to speak, They've been immediately, the wind starts blowing and the, we, and the reeds are all flattened. So a person looking at that picture sees a knockout. The storm is, goes by and it's back in its place again. So you see there's an, there's a, the, 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 within the realm work, within the realm of the world, there is, there are cases, there are things that seem to be 
um, acquiescence, and yet our victories. They, they contain the victory within the acquiescence. And that's a particular strength. It's, it's an ability, let's say, a, an extremely good underground movement will, will recognize the score. They will become invisible when the enemy is there in strength. The enemy marches in. They're nowhere to be found. It, 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 you know, the, the enemy is all over. There's no place. And when the opportune moment rises, they shoot back again, and, and they won. So you have things that appear to be strong, like the cedar, wh- whose beauty is the strength it, it sort of uh, expresses, and the fact that it can hold up to a wind of X amount of, of, of speed. But as soon as, that's, as, soon as, that, as, as it goes past a certain point, it snaps, because it's just so strong. And then you have the phenomenon of the reed, which can bend itself, and yet, and, and survive any wind, and snap back again. Let's see the way he says inside. Amafteach lozeh, it's in paragraph Dalit, about ten lines down, right by the quotes. Hamafteach lozeh nimtsu beloshech hachomim. The key to understanding hod. Is the is the is the is the parable they bring? Person should always be as flexible as a reed, rather than as as resistant as an eris. The eris, as soon as a wind comes, as strong enough wind, obviously, miyad across it uproots it. but a reed. I feel called Rucho Shabolum Bos for Nosho Spo, Eng Mizizis Osomim Como, Eloholech Boy Mahen. It goes with it. It's right away. There's no problem. It's with the wind. Kim Shadomim Mor Ruchos, as soon as the wind stops, Omad Kanam Como. So he says, Lemedim Onamikan. So what we see in this Chazal is, Afal Pishabedera Klal Kfifus Venitzachan Tatisasi, even though normally, um, bending over and victory are the exact opposites. Mikomakom lifomim atamotze kidafka koach eskofefus mishamesh geniza koach Sometimes it is the bending itself, the acquiescence, contains in itself the power for victory later. Nitzchono al shalakone. Alasara, the victory of the reed over the storm, Bolo comes because it has the ability to bend down. So, so the act of bending is not an expression of a lack of strength. So it really has in itself it's it's it can it it's the act of overpowering the wind is by bowing immediately, retaining its inner structure, and snapping back to place. This extra strength that lies within the act of so-called acquiescence is one of the unique forces in this world. Every force in the world is a certain strength of the one who 
of, of, of the one who, who has that force, who has that power. It's the strength dressed in the sheep's clothing of bending under. So he says, "Vehine, in Yonish shall call Yofi, who besuig a ketzer bitnuas mischalfes." Beauty, if beauty is always an interplay of different elements. You need contrast. You, 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 the beauty always lies whether the beauty of 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 a painting lies in the different elements that serve to emphasize each other. A beauty of literature lies in the tension of the characters, the plot. Um, it's, it's, it always requires an interplay, and even when used in the Sfarim, Akdoshim, when we speak of Hashem's Mida, of beauty, of Tiferes, we refer to the interplay between HaKadosh Baruch reaching out to us and HaKadosh Baruch acting rather sternly towards us. Beauty is always an interplay of contrasting forces in a very balanced way, in a way that they reinforce each other, emphasize each other, and so on. So he says, if that's what beauty is, so um, the, the, and he gives examples, beauty of music lies in interplay between different levels, between different sounds, beauty of a picture, and so on. He says, it is obvious that the, the, the sharper the contrast between the elements, the, the sharper the interplay between very contrasting elements, there's a, there's a degree of extraordinary beauty in it. And that's why in the interplay of giving way and in the end being victorious, it's an, ex, it's, it's an expression of something that's referred to as beauty. Um, I've sort of skimmed through this paragraph because it it's, takes quite a bit of reading to do it. But by and large, his point is one. There, that in the interplay of the two most extreme positions, one of giving in and one of being victorious, lies the sword of Hod and Yofi. However, there's a caveat to this one. And this is towards the end of the paragraph, on the, on the next side, on side on Zion. It's about six to eight lines before the hay. Um, he says, Omnam. But there's going to be a very big difference in this type of Yofi from all types of Yofi. When you see somebody knocked over, when you see somebody meekly acquiescing, when you see the reeds bowing um, and so on, you don't see victory. There's no beauty in that. You, you saw a knockout. You saw something is gone. It's only when you see the sequel, when you see that it's come back again, snap back again, that's, that's when you realize that, that what you had seen until now was really an extraordinary act of strength in the guise of something that was a weakness. Vakona miskofev yochiach. We, it, we see it exactly from that parable. From parable. There's no way, when you see the wind knocking it all out, where do you see any strength? Where do you see any resistance? When the, when the storm goes by, 
and it's back again. Oz nigla That's when you begin to realize that the the bending and the bowing had in itself the, the victory. This piece, this piece of resurrection, of bringing back again, the word Hadar in, in Lashon Kodesh means again, Hadar. In Lush, anybody's learned Gemara, the word Hadar, to, it means a second time again, Hadran Alecha means we'll come back to it again. The word Hadar means to snap back. So Hod and Hadar are the combination of something which has bent and has snapped back again in order to... Um, and, and that's when you get the full sense that, wow, what I was watching until now wasn't acquiescence. It was actually... It, it was a strength of... It, uh, it, it, was the, it was the most meaningful strength because it could lay low and snap back again. Um, let's just give an example, kind of. If, if you see a nation like Israel beaten... And Israel, I mean, Kaisal and Doros, and mauled and downtrodden and everything, you see what seems to be kind of a vanquished Israel. When, when as soon as they have opportunity, they snap back, and they're once again a proud nation and extremely successful. Then there's a sense of, wow, this is where we've been. Um, I just want to bring in another place where you see where you see, and it's it's not. Just now, he doesn't bring it, but but this is. It says, "Mi chamocha ba'elim Hashem." Who is as powerful as you, Hashem? Who of all the powers in the world, what is as powerful as Hashem? So Chazal, add, they 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 sort of give it a little bit of a different meaning. They say, "Mi chamocha ba'ilim Hashem." Who is as dumb, dumb in the sense of not speaking as a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Sheshomeh he hears the nations of the world insult God, um, and and yet he he doesn't respond to it. In other words, Akharish Baruch doesn't respond instantly. There'll come a day when they've been waiting for all of it to add up, and then Akharish Baruch will respond. But that period when Akharish Baruch is not responding will in effect, become a greater display of strength when, when, the, cycle, when, when, when the cycle comes around. Okay. I'm, I'm going... Now, so, so let's just sum up the point about how he described Hodvah, and then we'll see one or two of the examples he gives, just so that we get a, a sense of it in many different ways. He's saying that in, 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 a, broad, in, in a broad perspective of phenomena in the world, the um, strength is something that we look at as, 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 as very positive, and weakness is, is a negative thing. But the world also contains in itself a strength that comes in the guise of weakness, where flexibility, let's take, a, let's take an example of materials. You have now, or at least the advertisers um, claim that they have um, memory foam where, you know, once it has a certain um, image pressed in it, it'll always snap back to that image. Um, th- so, so here you have material. Now, it's true that 
uh, steel will do the same thing. It'll keep the same image. But it's not pleasant to sleep on steel. But if, and, and if you have foam or something which constantly gives way and so on and so forth, it's also not pleasant. When you have something that is soft and yielding, but it, it has a pre-programmed image that will always come back to, that has tremendous strength to it. That, that means it, it still only retains its image as long as it's in position. It can retain its position for a long time. But, but once you've melted or chipped at it, it's gone. This memory foam, um, even after it's been pressed into a different shape, will slowly begin to come back again and, and, and have its, 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 its image. That is, that's why this term has two sections to it. The hode section, which is like hodah, it sort of comes as a giving in to something, a yielding. And then you have the hadar, where it snaps back again, and at that point, hold goes from being weakness um, to something that is proud and beautiful in that sense. Now he says, let's take a look, and he's going to give examples of things that are of that nature. Let's look at hold and hodder in the body and in the neshama. Moshe was told that you shall give of your radiance. Hold refers to that radiance from the face of Moshe Rabbeinu. Why the radiance? In other words, a beautiful person is beautiful in just in you know many ways, and you know tall, dark, handsome type. Why is the why is hold specifically the radiance of the face? Ella shema dvar hamakom shabo nikar or neshama bekleya guf hu hu hodo shalaguf shekain nikar bemakom zekishon hiskofifus shalaguf neshama. Let's describe this. It's a very beautiful, beautiful um, description. A person is a goof and has a neshama. You don't see any trace of the neshama direct, in any sense, in the foot. Yes, the fact that the foot works and it's amazing and marvelous, that, that's fine. But, but it's as if it's in a box and as if the box would be sealed shut. And within a person, there's an ashama, but that's it. The only place where, where the body sort of bends to the neshama is the face. A person's thought process, a person's emotions, a person's feeling, a person's saintliness, and a person's, um, and a person's sinning. Uh, all of it, the face... Is 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 a, a, um, it's it's a part of the flesh and blood of a person. That's a remarkable ability to sort of. It's as if you have something within a plastic bag that the bag is very transparent. It's sort of it it's tight and it's taking on the shape of what you have in it, and it's very clear what's inside it. The rest of the body is sort of very. It's like a tight box, um, opaque and not in any way displaying the shape or, or anything of the inside. The, the face seems to be giving way to the neshama. It's not good at containing the neshama. It, it, you, you can read a person's expressions on his face, see what he's thinking, what he's feeling, and so on and so forth. So he says, that's called hold. 
The place where we see that, that's where, that's where we see the, the ability of the body to bend to the neshama. There's nothing in the body that you can actually see, recognize, any sign of a person's intelligence, depth, and so on. The only place where the person's intelligence and, and, and feelings and thought break through to the outside is through the face. Like it says in the Pasuk, a person's intelligence lights up his face. Without the Panim, we'd never know that. Being that the skin is the outermost part, the flexibility of the or and the yielding of the skin to the neshama, who are that is the ultimate expression of the body's bending to the neshama. The glow on a person's face whose ruchnius has overwhelmed his body is called hod. And as we and, and then we realize that you know this bending and this flexibility of the body to express a person's feelings, ideas, and so on have not lowered it. A person's a person becomes so much more beautiful when the neshama shines out. So. The, the word for a sagely look on a person's face um, is hadras panim. You, you say about a person who looks very saintly, very angelic, he has such a hadras panim. Because it's, it's the weakness of the guf endows it with a beauty far greater than it would have had had it successfully contained it. And it brings another example. It says, "Hishtachavu l'Hashem behadras kodesh." Bow to Hakadosh Baruch Hu behadras kodesh. A person bowing is a sign of weakness, of conceding, and and, and so on. But when it's to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it endows the person. I am bowing to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I I have of the divine qualities, and that becomes the hadar as well. So the first, the first place where he demonstrated a relationship, this type of relationship, to give it some sort of, um, it, it, it's some way of us to, to grasp it, is the concept of, of hod on a person's face when he radiates with shechina, and hadras panim as, as the expression of a face that has made way for something bigger than itself, and, and in the process has become much more ennobled. Vav. What about a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Mikor advarim shu bekitruga malachim b'shas matan Torah. It says malachim. The Gemara says in that the malachim, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu came and gave and wanted to give Torah, the malachim complained bitterly, and they said, "No hod chalashemayim. You should leave your hod in Shemayim." That's how they call Torah. 
Why, why is this the place where we call Torah Hot? The, the, the Malachim, if, if, you, if you look closely at the way Chazal describe it, the problem is not that we get the Torah to obey the Torah. That's fine, that's good. The problem is we pass it. When the question arises, what's the right halacha, we, we don't call upstairs and say, um, could, you, could, you do that? Could, could you do that again? Um, we don't send Navi and say, what did you mean when you said it? Sanhedrin sits down, they think it through, and as they rule, so is the halacha. Many Gemaras in this instance where there was a machlokas, um, it's, it's Gemara Gittin, someone asked in, in Shemayim, what are they arguing about? And they said, they are arguing about the same thing they're arguing about here. And they asked, what's the, what's the truth? So we're waiting to hear the ruling down there. In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave over the Torah to us. He doesn't give us Torah. He gave it over to our interpretation, to our, to, to our understanding, to our rulings. Um, so that's where the Malachim came and said, how do you do that? How do you give the Torah so that now humans, mere humans, are the ones in charge of it? That's called hod. In other words, the Torah is bending itself to human interpretation. Their problem was that Torah was given over to be ruled by the understanding of Chach Misrael. It looks as if he's bending And it's only because of that that it's called Hod Shakarish it's only when we begin to realize that that's the way in which HaKadosh Baruch increases the Kavot Shemayim. In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to come to the truth that he put into the Torah. And, and it's a long-range plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that by giving us to rule on it, as we begin to really understand what's meant by it, we will come to the understanding that Kashpaha had in it through our own understanding. That's called Hadar Kavod Hodecha. It's 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 sort of the coming full circle of the Hadar of of, of the Hod that Kashpaha has in that. So he's given us a second um, example of where you have this concept of hodadar. The first one was in the person himself, in the image of a human being, and relationship of, of the body to the soul. The second was Akadosh Baruch Torah. I'm going to skip the next one. The next one is a long one, it's complex. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a piece in its own right, and I, I don't see that we could finish it. So let's skip to Ches, Samachala. And this is the fourth one. Hod ve hada, b'midaser shaknesis Yisrael. 
מקור העניין הוא בזה שבאפטורס חנקה נמרי הנבואה של בנילבו גויים רבם אל השם. Over here we have the understanding of how Hod and Hoda come together in Klal Yisrael as Klal Yisrael. כך שונא חכמים. אין הספרים נכתובים בשמלושן, אל בלושן יבונס. It says, there's one not the Amat, there's two machlokes in the Gemara, but the Gemara, the Gemara clearly singles out a preference for translating um, Tanakh and Torah into Greek. And it says, which was done actually, uh, the Septuagint was in, was in Greece. And that's, I guess, the primary targum of 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 uh, of Kisvak Kodesh into another lashon. He says, "Kach shana chachami ein asfarim nichshav mitzum lashon lashon vanis shenem ayaft elikim liyafes v'yishkom aleishem yafifisos shal yafes v'aleishem hetek siva sifak Kodesh b'lashon yavanis he hoidosh laknas Yisrael." The translation of Tanakh to, to Greek contains in it a sort of yielding of Klal Yisrael to the culture around them. Yavan was the dominant culture, definitely, certainly in terms of intellect and so on. And we weren't supposed to translate it. We ended up translating it. It says that it should have been a fast day, a Sarbatevis. Is is um, one of the three Yonim associated with Rabbi was the translating of uh, uh, the Torah into Yuvanis. Shrei hetazen niro kiskoifus kaimasuk nesov nekamus yavan. Av mikiva shebe mahalich hakdusha hahod vahadam lekoder in lolam. Being that hod and hader in kedusha always come together, therefore in the after of Hanukkah. We have the nevuah that tells us that other nations will come and and come back to Kaisal. Kidafka bekochosh askofes zugonis who kochosh nesorol love their matzav shul goyim rabbi l'ashem. Let's talk a little bit about this because this is is going to be sort of the, the point that we're talking about, um, and it sort of elaborates it a little bit. The next one, let, let, let's try to say it. Let's try to work it out outside. Um, the nations of, of all the, of, of the other nations that struggled against Kal Yisrael were simply bad nations um, out to kill, destroy, subjugate. That was, that was the generally kind of the Ruach Advar. There were no Jews that were thrilled to be Babylonians. Persia threw nice parties and they would have to go to the parties and that was fine. But they didn't really, anyone who had any nefesh in himself didn't really um, want to, uh, didn't want to become a Persian. It's just, I mean, listen, party's a party, but uh, nothing. Rome was, again, Rome offered power, it offered money, it offered wealth, but there was no, anyone who really had any nafshi, Zakal Yisrael, was not attracted 
it wasn't something where you would have, like you had misyavnim, you didn't have misromaim or misbavliim or anything like that. The Jews, you know, sometimes for, for, for simply because of um, uh, either they were, they were coerced or they, or, or, the, or they felt it was very pragmatic reasons, they converted. But it wasn't something that pulled Kaisrael. Yavon was very different. Yavon is, like we said before, it's a kind of bridge between a very spiritual world, which focuses on Tov and Ra, and a crass world. Yavon is, it's not, this, it's not stupid superstitions of primitives. It's not revelation from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's human intellect. It's not beer and burgers. It's music. It's not Torah, but it's music. It's something, it, it, there's something in between. And it had something, it attracted. It had a koach to attract Israel. And, and of all the, of all the, of the Dalad Malchias, it was, in a certain sense, had the potential for the most destruction. Just like um, the, 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 the amount of people that, that we could be forced out of Judaism with the sword is X amount, but with a, an argument that seems to be good, you can coax a lot more people out. Um, people tend to be reasonable, tend to understand, and so on. So, so the world of science, the world of culture, everything that Yovan had in itself that has a, has a place in Judaism. Yafta lekim leyefes v'yishkan Shem means that it has a place over there. And in its first, in its opening shot, we seem to recede. They seem to have a better hand. Um, so, you know, the 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 um, let's let's take an, an example. I say for science. You have the primitive thinks that everything works with demons or gods or whatever. So, um, you know, the, they, 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 there's the endless amount of stories about the, the people from Yemen who came to Israel and saw a car for the first time and they're trying to find the demons moving it, so on and so forth. And you laugh at it and you show them, you teach them uh, mechanics and you teach them thermodynamics. And, wow. You don't need any of the superstition to understand it. Science knows it all, and science understands it all, and it's there. So, you know, one zero. Science really has the upper hand because I can explain almost all those phenomena that you had demons and angels working very busily. I, I, I'll show you that it's, it's, it's you know, it's not it's just a bunch of undergrads in a science department. It's not a, don't, don't need any demons or angels for that. But the second step is, but one second, but... What, what keeps the laws going? What keeps the structure? How does structure get there? And, and second contemplation, you begin to understand that the things that you consider as natural itself begs for, for, for something. It, 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 for the person who, who thinks deeply enough, it brings them back to the same point. Um, you know, I can, I, uh, on first blush, I don't need a whole religion of Tariq mitzvahs to be a good person. I, you know, I, I, if, when, you, when you're like a, a sort of a, a, a primitive person where you kill and chop up people and this and that, and then you, you take a person, you make him civilized. You don't need that. 
you know, you can, you, you, you can take the primitive person without converting Christianity and make a decent person out of him. Can you not? But then as society develops, and, there, and, 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 and if it's true that man is an accident and he's not beholden to anyone, and he doesn't stand in judgment, and there's no right or wrong that's absolute, then, then, then you tell me basically right and wrong is no longer something above a person. It's whatever I decided. It doesn't make sense. If I begin to develop that process, it brings me also back. It's like I'm traveling around the globe, and the further I get from where I started, in, in, I'm, I'm getting back again to that point, except that I don't see it. I don't realize that the further I'll, I'll get back to it. Hanukkah is the yontif of Gullus. It's, it's the yontif that was passed when we don't him anymore. Um, Purim is the last yontif that was written, questionable. In other words, Chazal did want to canonize Miguel Sesta, didn't want to canonize Miguel Sesta, but at the end they did, so it's part of Kisver Kodesh, and it's included in Tanakh, and it still touches prophets. Daniel sort of makes a, 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 some sort of cameo appearance in the Megillah, and he's, uh, you know, and, and he's a, a, a Navi of sorts, and fine. Hanukkah's gone. It, 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 by the time Hanukkah comes around, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is extremely hidden in the Priya. Kaddish Baruch Hu does not make any open nisim. Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't send any prophets. Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't talk to us in any overt way. It's, it's no longer... And, and it's, what's strange is every yontif is meant to be a time of revelation. Yontovim are based on revelations. They, they, whether it's Pesach and, and Shavuos and so on. Uh, Megillah Sesta is also hidden, but it's still written on a, in, a, in a sefer somewhere. We have a sefer to refer to. But Hanukkah, that's gone. Every Yontiv Aliyah Leregel was the, was, the, was, was the highlight of the Yontiv. Um, Hanukkah, there still was a base of Mikdash, but it, 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 the Bayesheni was, was, was a shadow of itself. None of the overt signs of a god were there. The, 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 the Aaron wasn't there, the Shechina wasn't there, and the Eishem is there. All of that was gone. So, the, and, and it's a very, very tough one to understand, it seems as if Akarish Baruch Hu has been, quote-unquote, vanquished from the stage of, 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 of history and of human understanding. But the truth is, as we'll progress, within, that's, that is the greatest koach of Akarish Baruch Hu. It's like when somebody argues with you. So you have people that every point you make, they're on top of you. You know, you, you say something, no, that's not true, it's not true, it's not true, it's not true, it's not true. And you say, wow, he's a gever. you know, the guy's really tough and he doesn't let him get a word in his neck. Um, so we say, okay, that's a very strong personality. But a lot more remarkable is the person says, fine, I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll accept that, that's okay, let's go a step further. And he lets the person say, and lets the person say, and lets the person say, and then the person's back to where he wanted him to be. And he can't even understand how he got there. That's a really powerful reasoning. That's, it's, not, it's not a chachma to stand and knock every point the other person makes. So, uh, you know, it's fine. It's, you know, it, it's, it's an inflexibility, but it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, he's not a better, he's not a better debater. He's just louder. He's a bigger mouth. But when you let the other person and you're able to take him, okay, you tell me what your opening position is. Tell me what, what your axioms are. And let's go. 
you know, I'm, I'm fine. We, I can take you from where you are. And, and you'll still come around to that point. That's the powerful point of uh, the ultimate Gile of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I, 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 I thought about this um, when, when communist Russia imploded, for, for lack of a better word, or maybe just kind of disintegrated. Um, had they been vanquished in a war, people would have said communism was good. It could have really, really become something really good, but the terrible, nasty capitalists uh, you know, bombed it and so on. But when, when it was let to run its course and it just disintegrated, that, nobody, nobody will take that seriously anymore. Because, and, and there was a much stronger gilu of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the people that got up and said, um, one needs no God, there is no God, and we will prove it because we humans will build a greater society and without God, and we will become the great eternity, and they just, they just disappeared. That's, if had a Kaddish Prophet who sent bolts of lightning, that would have been a victory. But nowhere near as profound as the victory when, okay, fellas, do it the way you want. Do it. I give you everything and do it. And, and then when it disintegrates, there's the ultimate realization of Kaddish Prophet. It's, in a certain sense, of all the Kaliyas, um, Yavan is the Kaliyas that we wrestle with this most strongly. It's part of our lives. We're all part of a bigger world and a world that draws from Yavlik and Yafis. And the reason why it's so difficult is because it has a place. There is something to it. it, it, it in a very, very hidden way, it draws from the Koach of Yiddishkeit. But the, 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 the understanding that as this process will develop itself, the, the, the seeming acquiescence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the seeming hod, when the time will come for the hudder, when, when, when things will come back and stand on their full emis, it will be an extraordinary, uh, it, it, it will be an unearthly beauty and a frightening beauty. It, it's something when you, when, when you see something what, what scares a person is when you realize there's something there, um, you know, something happening behind the scenes that it's so much more is going on. A, a person who looks at us and there's a sense that he knows way too much about us is frightening. Any hidden process frightens you. Hold is that beauty of perceiving a Kaddish Baruch who's godless by realizing how much was hidden, by seeing a process that seemed to have shown HaKadosh Baruch who subdued, and when the process had run its entirety, it's a revelation, Lemafreya, that it was all a, a scheme of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bring us to that point. That's the Hod and Hod relationship, and that's the significance of the Hod of Yisrael and the Hod of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as opposed to the mere Yofi of Yavan. Yovan's Yofi is only the as is. Klaiso's hode is as will be and as will have been realized retroactively.